Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. From the home of time. It is now quite a day for local sport from your local team. This is Charlton Live. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along. good nobody panic but i have absolutely no idea how to deal with this so good evening a very good evening to you and welcome to charlton live here on maritime radio my name is Louis Mendes joining me in the studio here at the Valley R? The uh, uh, Nathan Miller, how are you doing, Nath? Living the dream, mate. Yeah, I couldn't think of a good nickname for you there, so you're just big the man, the big nose. Not big nose. Big, big nose, nose. Big, big, big nose, big nose. Uh, <laughs> Nathan Miller, you're all right, yeah? Yeah, living the yeah. dream. So how, how did your charity bet go yesterday? Cashy first goal score, a 2 0 win. It went out the window after about 30 seconds, or however long it was. <laughs> <laughs> At least he gave us a jump at the end. Yeah, well, yeah uh, sadly, your poor choice there has cost the upbeats a lot of money. So <laughs> I, hope, I hope you feel bad about yourself. I do, but it's going to everyone else. I'll put it out to a vote list for the away game. So yeah. uh, let everyone else take the pressure off yourself there because yeah, you're clearly yeah, not up yeah. to the task. Joining uh, myself and Nathan in the studio here at the Valley is uh, also uh, the cat, Lewis Cat. That's your <laughs> nickname. How you doing, Lewis? Yeah, good, mate. You? Yeah, yeah. Enjoy yesterday. Yeah, very much so. Just a bit, wasn't it? it? So there's a return to greatness finally here at the Valley. 
uh, all our problems are gone. Uh, <laughs> but it was it was a great day. To, on tonight's show, of course, we're going to look back at yesterday's uh, really enjoyable, superb 4-1 win against Northampton uh, Town. We're going to hear the highlights of that game. We're also going to speak exclusively to Carl Robinson. He came in to chat to uh, Terry Smith after yesterday's uh, game. Our player in focus this week is uh, Jake Forster-Kasky after he's got four goals uh, in his last five games on either side of the uh, summer break. So if you want to chat about him, you can do. Uh, and then in the, sort of later on during the show, we're going to concentrate on the women's team for a little bit. I went to their 6-1 win over Lewis today, their first game of the season. They won 6-1 at Thamesmead. So we're going to hear from the manager, Ritesh uh, Mishra, and uh, superfan Alan Watts, who made his 400th uh, appearance as a fan. Uh, for CFC women uh, and then of course we'll look ahead to Norwich City in the Carabao Cup on uh, on uh, Tuesday so all stuff to look forward to of course today uh, we want to hear uh, what you guys made of yesterday's game what you make of our player in focus which is Jake Forster-Kasky if you want to have a chat about what uh, Carl's going to tell us uh, later on during the show anything like that you can contact us you can email studio at charltonlive.co.uk uh, you can tweet us at charltonlive or you can head over to the charltonlive forum uh, there's a thread on there for tonight's show so if you head over there you can uh, speak to us as well right uh, I think first things first though let's listen back to the highlights uh, from CFC player well no from Valley Pass actually they've changed their name and confused mm-hmm. us all uh, Terry Smith and Greg Stubbley haven't changed their names but they have changed the name of Valley Pass they uh, they were commentating on yesterday's win let's listen back to a wonderful day here at the Valley beaten to it by Taylor but it'll drop to Nice. Clark. Clark goes left to Holmes. Holmes now attacking the left-hand edge of the penalty area. Goes past his man, Ricky Holmes, into the box. Chips the ball back across, looking for McGuinness. Gets his head yes! And there's the opening goal! Charlton with a superb start to the game. A lovely worked move. Down that left-hand side, involving Ricky Holmes. And Billy Clark. Holmes jinked past his man, Barnett. Into the... Middle of the left-hand side of the penalty area, ball back across, and Josh McGuinness. Bar- uh, I don't know what do you say. He just pushed his man right, not illegally, you understand. Just got in front of his man and planted that header into the bottom right-hand corner. Well, it's been a lively start already, Terry. And what was he saying just before kickoff? It'd be great to see McGuinness celebrate his contract with a goal. And it's great work from initially from. Billy Clark is a lovely little turn and he spread it out left to Holmes. Holmes got one on one with either centre half, Barnett, and he's got, sort of caught him out of position. And Holmes beat him, got to the byline, lovely chip ball in, but great work for McGuinness. He got ahead of his man and powered his header home and Charlton ahead after just a minute. Phillips will take on De Silva, cuts inside, still on the ball, tries to go around the outside of uh, Jason oh, Pierce and does so. And Griffiths again with a snapshot, which Ben Amos turns away. And Solly will clear it away for Charlton. Uh, Pierre rather into the box. And it's a turn from Ash Taylor. Roughly on the penalty spot. But straight to Ben Amos down, falling down to his right. Who saves it comfortably. Yeah, it's good. It's good handling though from Ben, ben Amos. If he parried that one, which we did see against Plymouth fans, Bristol Rovers, then there was another Northampton player ready for that. Clark, Clark to his right, finds Holmes. Clark makes a run forward. Holmes still driving the ball forward. Takes it past Taylor. He's slightly right of centre. Looks for the ball forward towards Fosu in the penalty area. Tariq Fosu oh. Oh, just wide. Charlton missed the opportunity there to go 2 0 up. Once again, some cracking football from the Addicts. Long towards Ravel as the header forward finds Richards. Richards behind him is Walters in the penalty area. Walters, great save from Amos. Might come to Richards. A good goalkeeper again goal from, from Amos. Amos. Great goalkeeping from Amos. Superbly out to smother the charge. And here is the half-time whistle. Charlton have it now with Clark. Lovely ball down the line. Finds Holmes to force Kasky. Holmes, Clark, lovely play. Clark brings the ball forward. He's got Holmes inside who he uses. Holmes, Holmes, Holmes! Holmes! Oh, yes! 
what a goal for Charlton. Ricky Holmes on his left foot, brought the ball forward, continue with it, and fires in the back of the net. Charlton have their second. Holmes against his former side. 2-0 Charlton. Oh, that was special. Very special indeed. Again, good football. That's what we've been doing the whole game. We may not uh, have be doing it every second of the game but we've played football at some periods that have been breathtaking and that's one of them some great work from Billy Clark in the first place combining with Ricky Holmes then Billy Clark made the run to take players away and it left really quite a difficult angle you'd say for Ricky Holmes to finish but he thundered it with his left foot it's got Maloney out to his right Maloney cuts inside and swings the ball into the penalty area and uh, Solly up against uh, up against uneven opposition in that penalty area with, uh, I think it was uh, Powell who headed it into the path of Richards who's given Northampton a lifeline by heading the ball past the outstretched Ben Amos a minute of normal time remaining uh, two minutes rather of normal time remaining as Ben Amos clears it forward looking for McGuinness, McGuinness will jump gets a flick on as well, can uh, Konza get on the end of this Konza touch it, it must be must be a penalty has to be a penalty. The referee's pointing to the ball. I have no idea. Has to how. be a penalty. How can that not be a penalty? He's given a corner. Taking his man on, well Clark played. does really well as well to do so. To the now he's on to take on Buchanan, keeping the ball. Lovely ball into Konza to the touchline. Konza reverse ball back to Forster Kaske. Yeah, and it's the third. And it's game over and three points for Cholton. Lovely work from Billy Clark on the touchline. Picked out the run of Konza who's reverse ball back into, virtually by the penalty spot, is finished with a plum by Forster Kasky. Well, Konza does superbly well to win it off of uh, Maloney, and now set up a Hearn Grant on the left-hand side of the penalty area. A Hearn Grant, little step over, ball back across, oh, behind everybody! It's going to be picked up by Forster Kasky on the other side of the penalty area. Forster Kasky, left foot shot! Oh, what a goal! Oh, what a finish! Oh, oh, oh. What a belter from Jake Forster Kasky to absolutely round off a glorious afternoon for the Addicts. Oh, what a go this is from Jake Forster Kasky. And it's great work initially from again. Grant gets the ball in. Forster Kasky initially didn't see it, managed to pick it back up, get it onto his favoured left foot, went for goal and found that top right hand corner. And if the points weren't safe before, they certainly well are now. No, there isn't. <laughs> As the referee calls a halt to proceedings here at the Valley. Lovely jubbly that was. <laughs> I especially enjoyed uh, Greg's commentary for Ricky Holmes's goal there, just shouting his name repeatedly. <laughs> that sort of sums up the excitement of uh, of the uh, the goal and and the the game in its entirety yesterday. I mean, if that game had finished two one, which is what it was going into injury time as, then that would have been a disgrace, really, because uh, we were so much so much better than they were. Yeah, I've tweeted it just after. I thought I thought four one flattered them to be honest, because I thought we should, we should have won six seven eight. I think I think we should have got a penalty. I don't think Holmes was offside. Mm. Um, obviously, I'm in the North Lower, so I couldn't really see it, but. The West Lower, all of them are up in arms, and you don't really see that a lot. So I sort of assume that uh, they uh, disagree with the offside. But um, yeah, I thought we were re- really, really good yesterday. I think we were very fluid, um, and just the little touches from you know Cashy keeping it simple, JFC, you know, little flicks and tricks, and that little Maestro, who I thought was man of the match yesterday, mm-hmm. Billy Clark was absolutely brilliant yesterday. Yeah, and the, the perfect way to react after the disappointment of the, of the Plymouth game last week. 
definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We, um, I mean, we could, we controlled the game in such large spells. I don't really recall Northampton ever having a sniff, really, apart from the goal. Um, besides that, yeah, completely controlled the game. Like Nave said, Cashy and Forster Kasky were fantastic in the middle. Um, and Billy Clark, I thought, was absolutely sensational yesterday. Yeah, and we got, got off to an absolutely flying start. It's in their office. Sorry, there's some, some confusion <laughs> about the keys here. Uh, we got off to an absolutely flying start. Um, yesterday as well I mean if you, it's funny when you think about it uh, back to our last home game uh, when uh, when we got off to the worst possible start with Lee Novak uh, getting sent off after after about seven minutes to you know to start on the front foot yesterday to take that lead as well and then that would just make mean the game has to become so much more open as well yeah exactly it was a nice it was a nice change um, and one thing uh, I'm just happy for Josh McGuinness as well because I know last week we were all giving him a bit of, bit of grief that he wasn't going to be that striker so he got his contract in the week and then Capped it off with a goal after two minutes, so yeah, I'm I'm happy. It was nice, nice to start on the front foot, especially after after Bristol Rovers. Even though we got the result um, at home to them, um, yeah, it was great. It was such a positive vibe around the valley yesterday. It was brilliant. And I guess that that chance that Ricky Holmes sort of put on a plate for uh, for Josh McGuinness as well. That's exactly the sort of chance that, that he yeah. eats up, really, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a good finish, it was a good movement. He lost the um, defender, and he had another chance, didn't he? Where uh, he, he he hit over the bar, which I yeah. just didn't use your head. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I can't be too picky. One four one, do you know what I mean? But, <laughs> now, now one, one of the yeah. what wasn't it eight? Yeah. <laughs> one, of the, one of the players had been in for a bit of uh, uh, yeah, a bit of stick. I get, I'd say over the last the last couple of weeks has been the goal, the lone goalkeeper Ben Amos, um, who uh, you know he'd, uh, he'd, he'd come out for a couple of things and, and missed him in, in in the first couple of games and. Some some slight question marks over the, the the goal away at Plymouth, which we I think we all agreed he probably could have done a bit better with. But yesterday he sort of redeemed himself really. I mean he made three excellent vital saves in the, in the first half while it's still one 0 and, and that keeps us keeps us ahead. He did, yeah. And it's like we said, maybe just that little bit extra um, match sharpness is gonna gonna lead to performances like that. I mean there was a few times I had a bit of heart, heart in mouth when he was kicking it and um, try you know players were sort of chasing him down I got a bit nervous but but he never really had any problems no, I think never, that's, prob- that's probably really a mental thing yeah. for us really we probably, see someone yeah. attacking the goalkeeper you're always worried anyway especially when it's one who's had a, a ever so slightly mm. well, a shaky a start, shaky start so. yeah so yeah he, he seemed to redeem himself yesterday and uh, he got, got a good round of applause as well so it's, he's, he's, we were talking a couple of weeks ago about how he might struggle to win the fans over after struggling at the start he, he seems to have uh, done, done so yesterday yeah it was definitely the reaction um, people wanted out of him I think he had a he had a a decent performance. I think he's only going to get get better if he can carry on playing like that and making crucial saves. Yeah. His, his sharp, he'll get a lot sharper, and we'll be we should have a good goalkeeper on our hands. Now we had a very good chance for two 0 Sort of, uh, I think it was about 30, yeah, 32 minutes in, written down on my notes. Um, when uh, a lovely run from Ricky Holmes against his former club, and he slipped it through for Tariq Fosu, uh, who got into the box and uh, just dragged it wide. But if you look at the the sort of football we were playing yesterday, all this this quick passing, and we remember speaking to Carl. Last week after the Plymouth game, where, uh, whereas in that second half we weren't breaking Plymouth down and they were sitting back and making it difficult, and he said he wanted to talk, he, he wanted to up the tempo, he wanted to get the ball moving quicker, and we certainly that was evident yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, and all three of them behind Josh, they're so fluid in their play, but I think the main difference is having Billy Clark in there because before we never, if you play a four-four-two, you usually have like these two strikers, but Billy Clark plays in that hole and he connects everything together, and I think that's why we're seeing. Us play so fluid, and he just seems to be—he just seems to be everywhere, and just everyone, everyone's comfortable to receive the ball. Like Cashy and Jassier, they're comfortable to get a ball in a tight area and make space for themselves and stuff like that. So, but yeah, it's nice for us to 
nice for us to see us playing in that sort of that sort of quick passing game because it's been a while since we've uh, well especially when Russell was here Jesus. But, um, <laughs> it's nice to see it because we, we're not used to it and I think um I think I don't, I don't know. I still can't believe it in a way because I'm still <laughs> I'm still expecting like long ball to Josh. Like I remember he's just I'll oh, just go long, but yeah, it seems like all the players are buying into the ethos of what Cole's trying to achieve. I guess um, Cole's been talking a lot like, last few weeks. He, he he's mentioned it a couple of times. He says oh, people say we play with one up top, but um, in, in the formation that we play in in the, the four two three one, I've, I've argued this since, ever since Sheffield United away last season, where we started like a house on fire. I said you're kind of effectively playing with four strikers in the in the four two three one because of the way you get the interchanges between you know Holmes and, and Clark and uh, Fosu getting up there and getting into the box, and even Jake Foster Cassie coming from, coming from deep to to support Josh as well, and, and like those moves, like the moves we just mentioned with with Fosu, yeah, uh, just a few moments ago. That 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 is evidence of of that sort of thing i mean it's not necessarily a it's not a one striker up top formation is it no not at all and it's it's just good um that josh has got a bit of support and he can rely on players like that i mean you think last year ricky holmes is probably labeled uh, labored with all of that pressure because we didn't have anybody else that could really play in those positions you, you know maybe you'd have tony watt behind it playing in a number 10 towards the end of the season that didn't really work and like nave said billy clark just seems to be able to just link absolutely everything together. And you, you, one minute you'll blink and you'll see him helping out Cashy and the defenders. And the next minute it'll be alongside Josh McGuinness trying to see him up. And it, it's a, some, I'm guilty of sort of not writing him off, but having no, my doubts about him when he came in and he's completely proved me wrong. Uh, now, Northampton did have a, a very good chance right at the start of the second half where I think within a minute at the start of the second half where the cross came over to, I think, Brendan Maloney at the far post and headed it just wide. But other than that... I mean, after that, I mean, the, the game was so open at the start of that second half where they they, they were trying to attack us, but they just mm-hmm. weren't getting through. I, mean, I tweeted sort of midway through the second half that, that Ben Amos was so underemployed he might be considering signing on because <laughs> nothing was happening in that second mm-hmm. half to him. Uh, and the, where that game that game was really open because they had to come out and, and try and find an equaliser. We were hitting them on a counter time and time again, and it, and it seemed like only a matter of time before we'd we'd make that pay. And I mean that second goal was was a, a move of real beauty. I think I think Forsakaski was involved as well. But the one twos going between Clark and uh, and Ricky Holmes were were impressive. And then obviously a great finish from uh, from Holmes, who uh, uh, let let it be known that he's got no problem celebrating against a former club, is he? <laughs> yeah, no, and he was getting he was getting a bit of stick in the first half from a. A little section of the Northampton fans on the near the corner flag, but um, which you're always going to get anyway. But I'm pretty sure, uh, like you said, he enjoyed his uh, goal. Which I think it was when the ball went into Billy Clark's feet. I think he literally, I think he'd done a little tap around the corner, and they, I think there was like three, yeah, like you said, there was like three or four interchange of passes before home got it, and it was just really quick. Um, I thought he was going to play it through to Billy Clark again, but um, yeah, it was a decent shot. It was his left foot, wasn't it? I'm pretty sure yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. He's good mm. on both feet. But um, interesting to see what about that injury he's got. That I don't know what that's going to be. Like what Cole mm. said in the pre- in his interview, he had he's got bad injury. He had an injury. Well, he said he hasn't been training much. Yeah, yeah which I mean, you wouldn't you couldn't no, tell you that just by you? watching it, could you? <laughs> no, definitely <laughs> <Man>. not. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, an excellent goal. And then uh, and we felt so comfortable. And this is when we started seeing runs from Jada Silva and Ahmed Kashi getting forward on the uh, <laughs> yeah. on the, on the counter attack. Yeah. But then uh, it, it seemed to come out of nothing. Their goal really. Where I think it was Mark Richards who'd. Um, uh, who, who headed it just off the inside of the post and it's a shame for Amos really because he didn't deserve to concede a goal yesterday he had, he had no chance with that one um, and that, that's that's about 10-12 minutes from time and then all of a sudden 
yeah, from nowhere. I, I mean, I'm feeling nervous. I don't know if the players were, but I, mm-hmm. it's certainly the nerves. The nerves started jangling really around around the valley. Yeah, I could. I had a I had a two all in my head as soon as mm-hmm. as soon as that went in. I was thinking all these chances we've had again, we're going to end up conceding in the 90, 94th minute or something. Um, so I'm I'm glad I got. I'm gonna got proved wrong. Yeah, well, especially then when it, when it, it, I think the, the the injury time is shown and it's five minutes and you think, oh god, I've got to hang on. Yeah, and then, exactly. then you see, and, and then all of a sudden you're seeing cons are bearing breaking through. The cons has come off the bench, put him into a position that oh, we're all surprised to see him go into. He, he was put in the number ten role. He was the middle of the three. I thought, you know, maybe Forster Kasky would go up there and he'd go and sit with Kashi, but um, <laughs> yeah, that's what. Uh, that's where Carl put him, and he and he done a good job there. And he ended up setting up the final goal, but be, uh, the uh, third goal. But before that, he burst into the penalty area, took the ball around the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper effectively picked him up and threw him to the floor. I mean, yeah. he, he certainly wiped him out. Mm. And um, the referee somehow didn't give the most blatant yeah. penalty I've ever seen. That is, yeah. well, like you say, the most blatant penalty I've ever seen as well. It's ridiculous. He didn't even get any of the ball. Yeah, mm. just just cons his feet. Yeah, so a really bizarre decision. Then there was a, a, another scare down the other end when I think it was Liam Barnett who went down. Now, I'm not sure what Charlton player it was because I couldn't quite see, but there was certainly, from where I was sitting in the West Stand, whichever defender it was ran behind him. Now, whether there was any contact before the player went down, I don't know, but when I saw that happen, I could just see the referee pointing to the spot, especially after failing to give us one. Mm. Uh, but uh, luckily he didn't. And then uh, we, we go down the other end. And uh, when that first forced Kasky goal goes in, it's, su- it's such a massive relief, isn't it? Because yeah. uh, A, a it, started, it gave us more gloss to the scoreline, but deserved gloss. We, mm. we deserve to win by at least one, by, by at least uh, two goals. Uh, and it just takes the pressure off. And, and I, I thought that was going to round off a, a good display, that third goal. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's just once once you get that extra bit of space, I think the whole the whole ground relaxes and... The atmosphere was brilliant yesterday as well. So that I think pushing towards that fourth goal, that was. That was apparently I've been told that fourth goal was something special because I was uh, mm. staring down at my notes at oh. the time. Unfortunately, oh, I just I saw I, I saw the ball going. I think it was from Carlin, and it went behind yeah. everyone. And I just thought, oh, never mind. Just went down to what I was doing. I had to do the full time report sort of thing. Uh, and then I just hear everyone cheering, and I see the ball <laughs> in the back of the net. I was like, oh, I got in there, and then the, 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 I saw the replay on the big screen, and that from from Forster Kasky. That I mean, that was a special strike, wasn't it? Oh yeah, it was that just top bins. Like it was just, it was just, yeah, it was one of those strikes where you just at, at the moment, at that point, you're like, nah, nah, that's not happening. <laughs> and then you just watch it, and you watch it, and I've watched it about about six times, and it's still you can't get it any better perfect. every time you yeah. watch it. <laughs> but I mean, he's 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 obviously. He's doing. He's working wonders. Working with obviously Jacko and Bose, and then what well, they're t- teaching him how to get forward and stuff. And um, yeah, long may it continue because he's obviously proven to be um, a very, very good player, which we knew he was anyway. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Jake Forster Kasky is our player in focus. If you want to tell us what you think of Jake Forster Kasky's performance yesterday uh, and his performances since he's come in since since January, you can uh, email the studio at charltonlive.co.uk or you can tweet us at Charlton Live or head over to the Charlton Live forum uh, Jake Forster Kasky is our player in focus Sue Gallops had her say on yesterday's performance she says she's uh, loving Billy Clark uh, and then uh, Jason Pierce is fast becoming my favourite player chuffed that things are coming off for Jake Forster Kasky as I've always been a fan uh, <laughs> Jake Forster Kasky on Twitter I don't think it's a real one says uh, <laughs> a very good all round performance yesterday Cashy and JFC uh, you'd know it's not the real one I've already said Cashy and myself uh, uh, run, the, run the game of fully deserving of a four one win we need to build on it uh, now um, Jimmy C says excellent performance not surprising uh, exit Foley Cross and Olverstad sorry Tom uh, income Clark Fossil and Jake Foster Kasky not to mention the return of Cashy we now have a midfield that can create goal scoring opportunities just need someone to put them away um, 
Now, we've, uh, of course, got our exclusive chat with uh, Carl Robinson. He came to speak to Terry Smith after yesterday's games. This is what Carl had to say. Delighted Carl Robinson after yesterday's 4-1 win here against Northampton. Delighted to be joined by uh, Carl Robinson after uh, a thumping victory here at the Valley and uh, Carl after after last weekend's uh, defeat. Um, lots of people were saying about reaction and, uh, yeah. and, and how we would react. Um, we did it in the best possible way. Yeah, well, you see his reactors going one another down. With Exeter, and you see his reacting to going to ten men down after four minutes against uh, Bristol Rovers. And again today, today you've seen his pegged back by a goal to two one. You've seen our reaction to that as well. Um, I, I, I like the way he said our defeat last week. It wasn't a poor performance. It was just we lost and didn't deserve to lose. And I think the four one in some ways made it a little bit. People look and go, well, we broke away in the last two minutes and scored us two, but. I think overall, I thought our, we looked a very, very aggressive, athletic team today, and our young players from the academy made a big difference when they came on the pitch as well, which is which is another sense of we're going in the right direction. Um, I discussed with uh, Jason Pearce after the game uh, last week, and yeah. uh, his demeanour and his and his uh, and his mannerisms um, told me that uh, the disappointment obviously was there, yeah. but the determination to, to put things right. Uh, was, was yeah, there listen, also. I said I said to you after course of last week. I think the the one message coming from all the players, I think it was Ricky Holmes and Souls, sort of had to go and said, right, everyone quiet, listen, and Souls has to speak before me. And he mentioned about we coming to work Monday and we, we get our heads down and we get ourselves ready to go and tear into whoever we play next. That was no disrespect to the opposition. It could have been anybody today. Um, but the, the dedication, they covered 8.5k in training on Tuesday, which is a ridiculous amount of legs and uh, distance to put in, in a training session. Um, and the high intensity metres per minute were certainly there as well that we were looking for. And it's starting to pay off on the pitch. We're still going to get fitter. Like so Ricky Holmes is not trained all week. Um, he's, he's not trained for two weeks now. He's just played in the games. Um, so we're still, we're still a little bit away. We're still a little bit away to bringing somebody else in, and um, we still got Reeves Ian and uh, Mark Marshall to bring back into that squad, and, and obviously Lee Novak suspension and, and Crofty suspension to come back. But when you look at the young players on that bench today, I think if I have the academy lads, it, it gives you a tremendous sense of hope that we can really do something with these young players and, and really make them part of what is uh, a team that is certainly determined. And you must also be delighted with uh, with. with <laughs> Everybody um, put a shift in from from Ben Amos commanding his goal yeah, uh, right today. the way through to to, to the subs gone Carlin coming on and, and yeah. Esri coming on and, and giving such a contribution. Yeah, listen, it's they're making my job increasingly difficult on a weekly basis, but I'm really pleased for them. They're a tremendous group of people. Uh, they're a tremendous, honest working group. Um, I can't ask no more. This is I want this place to be a bit of fortress, and I think you can certainly see that as the case at the moment. The one the one negative from today is you don't play here now for four more games. Um, and this is your team. This is their team. This is the fans' team and the players. This is this is something that they've got to be proud of. I just said to the press in there a lot of negativity's been woke about us for 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 three four years. I think the press have got a responsibility to turn that around as well, and the press have got a, a duty of care to when things are going well to comment that it's going well, um, and talk about the people who are in the stadium today, um, because. The noise levels in here. I just got a text off my wife. She's first time she's been here since the new season, and she was saying, "Wow, how good are fans!" And it, it is. It's 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 an incredible place to be to be when things are going right, and then we're going to need them because it's not always going to be as smooth as what this afternoon was. But even when we went down to two one, did you hear the fans singing when they kicked off? There was no moans and groans. It was we took a minute to get our breath, and then we started singing, and we all went together again. And the cover then dragged us over the line, and, and I think it's important that the players understand that and they certainly play to them and they play for them um, and the fans this is your team this is this is what you wanted to see you wanted to see a team full of energy with, a, with players who ever take the pitch that really care 
and you'd be banned from them week in, week out. And I'm just a very fortunate man to be paid to watch this. Speaking as a fan, um, I think the the the, the valley, the covered end specifically, um, yeah. want to see uh, commitment and and the sort of breathtaking football that we saw <laughs> in that first half, especially. And we saw it in the first half against uh, Plymouth as well. Yeah. Um, and as long as that keeps coming, then the place could be rocking again. No, no question. Yeah. Listen, I know people are always want to have the debates and and the arguments that will, that will live long in in the in the rooted history of this great football club. But the only thing I can overly worry about, mate, is is what we do here and now, and make people who who are here and now proud of the sh- of the shirts that they buy and wear on a Saturday afternoon and Tuesday evenings, um, and that's 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 all I, I think as a as a football fan. Don't forget, I'm a football fan as well. Um, okay, yeah, I've been doing this now for for a number of years, um, and I, but I'm still young and I'm still learning how to handle a monster because we are we're big and we can be a very powerful one. Um, when we're all fighting in one direction and, and in unity. Um, and I just want people to be proud of their team. I, I don't care what the things that go on externally to the football pitch. I'm a football man who are, who are really caring about my job. And I think the players today have certainly showed their footballers who really care for the team that play for them. Um, I spoke to Jake Forstakowski before the season started <laughs> in the pre-season. And uh, one of his comments was that uh, he's uh, he's been told he's got to weigh in with more goals, yeah. get in that penalty box a bit more. Yeah. And, and the likes of Lee Bowyer and Johnny Jackson are, uh, yeah. are there to, to tell him that also. So he must be delighted with uh, with those two goals today. especially. Yeah, uh, we see him in a, in, a, in a daily basis. His finishing is quite incredible. Um, but the most important thing is that we've won today. Um, great for Josh going after getting a new contract. Great for Ricky scoring his first goal against his old team. He got a stick from their fans at certain stages. So that was great for him. And don't forget, these have only been beat one nil. I think it was one nil oh, away to Shrewsbury, one nil away to QPR, and one nil um, at home to Fleetwood. We were on an unbelievable run with, with tremendous players. We finished in the top five, and having all the players that they brought in, they're a very very strong team and with a good manager who will go places. But no team, QPR included, have done to them what we've done today. Um, and that's been a pleasing thing for me is that we we've really performed. He's a good team, and uh, this has been. Like I said to you all week. I said to the press all week. This has been. This would be our toughest test, and I firmly believe that. Um, and we've plashed with flying colours. But on to the next. It's even harder now. Where rather than on Saturday. 4-1 victory could have been more. Obviously, um, uh, I know it's a bit maybe a bit churlish to mention it, but uh, we all thought it was a stonewall penalty. Ah, uh, yeah, it was a stonewall penalty. Um, I'm going to see the referee now and just ask what he thought of it and I also thought we got in on a 1v1 and the referee given offside that was about 4 yards onside um, I want to speak because listen I think it's important when you lose you go and ask these questions and when you win you need to ask them as well in a very calm a lot calmer when you win obviously the questions yeah, yeah. Um, but like I said I thought the referee overall today refereed it really well I thought other than that one or two instances that we're speaking about he sort of he let people fight he let an old fashioned there to strike what a great battle that was uh, Richards and Ravel against Bauer and Pierce. It was like four heavyweights going to, to, to going for going toe to toe, and like I say R two were Eskin today, and I'm, I'm really pleased for them. You get the feeling it's the sort of games they they enjoy playing in. Yeah, I said that to them before the game. Long got injured in the warm up, and I said that was. I said to them in, in there, so listen, listen, now I'm going to play more into your hands. Uh, ben Amos was safe, as brave as I've seen. That is incredible. They put his head in the middle of their, one of their boots. A bit silly, <laughs> um, but um, it, Ben Amos has had the first four weeks of training. He's still behind the rest of the players. Um, he's, he's just showed he's going to be a really good goalkeeper for us and a real strong asset and, and hopefully we can build on this now with one or two things in the window and uh, make ourselves better Before Rotherham of course we've got a small matter of the, the cup game against Norwich yeah. um, I'm, sh- I'm guessing that uh, you're going to you're gonna rest a few Yeah someone said to me do you think it's disrespectful making so many changes I think my answer to that was uh, 
might get in trouble, but so when when the draw's done properly, we'll respect it properly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm gonna make, there's only gonna be three can Clarky or start again, so everything else will change. Um, you've got the opportunity, I assume, to to, to maybe uh, give uh, give Reevesy a go. Um, no, Reevesy's not too no, far away. What, what we're looking to do, we're looking to drop him. He's got a slight tightness in his calf. Could we really pushed him? Um, so he's not in squad today, and he could probably be 15-20 minutes. But we feel it's better to get an hour training session into him rather than only 15 minutes a game. So it's important that I'm not being disrespectful to the game on Tuesday, but I want him in the squad next Saturday. I want him to start away Crawley. And that will be his minutes ready and ready to go, and then he's fighting for his place. But I'm telling you now, Billy Clark today was exceptional. Absolutely. I think Billy Clark's shown why we brought him in. He, he runs around like a little terrier. He's a horrible, nasty little son Irish boy that really cares. He tackles, he throws his body in the way, and he's also a very technically gifted player. Yeah, I've had a small argument with uh, my co commentator, uh, Greg, who was, who was saying Ricky Holmes was, was his man of the match. I thought, <laughs> I actually did think Billy Clark was mine. Yeah, I, think, I think every fan will go away from me. I'll, I'll go and go either go home or go to wherever they go after the game. I think you're going to get 11 different names thrown at you. Um, and that's, that just shows you, because when we went good today, I thought Chris Solly really stood up as the captain and was really there. Um, I'm really happy for the players and I'm really happy with the fans, more importantly. Well, uh, it'd be um, remiss of me not to ask. We've got less than two weeks of the, of the window left to go. Um, yeah, we're, are we're you still, still, uh, you're still on the hunt? Yeah, I still think we need one or two things. I've got a lot of work to do. Um, I've been going to games. I've been, I went across to Belgium to, to see what we have to do and... Um, well, funny enough I've seen Tex playing Stanley Lees which was nice and seeing Christian Sabaya so a nice chat with them um, and it was yeah listen I think we can, we can we can do things we have to move one or two out maybe in, in to do so um, but so many things have gone on before me as the manager that my that were slightly under the rules not under what we can do but under SEMP with the, the money and what you can and can't do so Listen, I think I think it's sure I've been given tremendous license from the board in the summer to to really, really try and do things in the way I want to do it, and my can't ask for any more support than that. And uh, like I say, the message that I got that listen, they know what I need, they know what I'm trying to do. They but I've got to make way within my squad to do that. Um, and we're just being a little bit unlucky with Reeves and Mark Marshall not being available. Um, but once they're back fit, look at look. Listen, you've still got likes of Joe Rebo not come on today, which is which is who's a good player for us. So still an awful lot of players. And Abisar, who's done really well in pre-season, will get another game now on Tuesday. So it's important that these players really get some more minutes under the belt on on, on Tuesday. And um, but they've been doing that well. I think the the message from above is well, you've got players who are already good enough in the academy. And um, certainly Steve Avery's knocking on my door saying they're also doing well. So it's great. It, it's a tremendous unity. I really enjoy working at this football club because the staff at the Sparrows Lane have have been amazing and. We have that real sense of a staff togetherness from Yuli to, to Steve and to everybody Hansa and, and everybody in in the football club who, who try and work hard to make this one common goal, this club successful again. And But we're still trying to fight to, to see what we can do and like I say, there's a little bit of freedom there but I've got to move one or two out before we can do anything under different aspects of what we're trying to do and achieve. Well, thanks for that and uh, congratulations on the day. Enjoy thanks it for, thanks and very much. Uh, look forward to, to next week. Thank you. Cheers, Carl. Jackson, it's in! Yeah! 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 Yeah!
So welcome back to Charlton Live. That was the uh, manager, Carl Robertson, followed by the mascots from yesterday's game. He came into the studio on, on their tour. But yeah, Carl, uh, in, uh, in, in great spirits, of course, after yesterday's... Um, uh, yesterday's four-one win here in the studio, and you can tell you can tell when we've had a good game because he likes to sit down for much longer <laughs> and talk. But that was, that was eleven minutes worth of uh, of Carl. But I'd say, as you'd expect, in in a good mood yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. He's um, I think he's just finally getting his stamp on what he wants to do here uh, with the squad that's showing unity and belief. Um, and it's nice. The the whole feeling around the valley yesterday was was as good as we've had it for a long time, and. I know it's early doors, but let's hope it continues. Mm. There's an interesting tweet from Bob Liskin that's just coming, actually. and It says, uh, Roland and Katrine should be eternally grateful to Carl for keeping the fans off their backs, and I hope it continues. Now, I mean, uh, from what's been a very positive start to the season, well, uh, uh, two home wins, an away, uh, an away win in the Cup and an away defeat in the league. I mean, you'd, you'd say that's a, a fairly positive start to the season. Uh, and he's a manager who exudes um, excitement. Uh, I mean, when I even I was, there's something I wanted to play you actually. You know, from from the BBC interview yesterday, because I asked Carl something about moving the ball around quickly. And he talked yeah. for two minutes and then said himself at the end, "See, you got 17 answers for the price of one there," which is what we always sort of joke about because he goes on a bit. But but he, but he said, <laughs> yeah, he, he says that shows excitement. And because there's, yeah. there's a good tweet here from Charlton Exile who. As we as we we all remember towards the end of last season, whenever there was a an interview with Carl, Charlton Exile would sort of say, oh, I'm, "I'm turning off now. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not in the mood for that." Especially if we'd lost a game. Uh, <laughs> he, he's just said probably a similar word count, but Carl uh, sounded a little less irritating on that post match interview. I wonder why. And obviously, it's because we've won three points. Yeah. Um, now, my view is. Carl Robinson is exactly the sort of manager who's going to rub you up the wrong way when we're not winning and he's still coming out and rah, 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 saying a lot of stuff. But when we are winning, playing nice football, and he comes out with the excitement to match it, you're going to start to love him, aren't you? Yeah, well, I mean, if all the players do what they're told and play how they train and play how they know they can, then yeah, we're going to win games. And he probably gets the ump when they don't show, <coughs> um, you know, don't produce the goods that they that, that he knows that they can do. So I, I, I feel Charlton Exiles pain when he wants to turn it off sometimes because... <laughs> Obviously, sometimes you do have to probably cut ninety percent of the stuff out to shorten it down, so we don't we're not on air for about nineteen hours. But yeah, I mean, the thing thing with Carl is he's honest and he says it as it is, and that's what we always said when we was looking for the new manager. Well, that's all what every single one of us said on that show. We all said we want someone who's just going to say it as it is, and that you know we stability and and I, and I think he's he's got that now, and he's come in, he's cleared out a load of old dead wood or dead weight, as you said. <laughs> Um, and he's picked his own player, so good start. Um, but obviously, there's a long, long, long way to go yet. So I'm not. And, co- and coming back to Bob Liskin's tweet about um, Carl's performance keeping the fans off the back of Roland and Katrine, how much do you think um, we can give praise for Carl for what he's done in terms of the signings that we've enjoyed so far this season? And how much of that praise has to go to Roland and Katrine? Do you think? Because because I, 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 I'm sort I'm I'm in the in the camp that I'm not going to. I know who I'm going to give my praise yeah, to, and that's yes. going to be so do I. that's going to be Carl Robinson because yeah. I I think he's will done some willing and dealing. He, he, admitted, mm. he admitted during the week we haven't actually spent that much money, so it's up to him to go out and find these yeah. players who are at the right points of their career to do what they've been. So my my praise goes to the football brain, the man who can get players on side and get him to come to the valley, and that's, and that's Carl Robinson. But uh, Bob's saying it's that he's keeping the fans off the back of Roland and Katrine. I mean, is that harsh to say that? Should 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 mm. Roland and Katrine be getting praise as well? I mean, like I said, um, I, I've made my point, but yeah, I mean, it's I 
couldn't say that. I'd have to give it all to Carl Robinson, to be honest. Um, I think I think a lot of Charlton fans will feel the same way. Um, I've, you'd find it difficult to give any praise to Roland and Katrine. I think Carl Robinson's come in and put a stamp on a on a football club that was on its knees, and he's an excitable character that's you know can be slightly irritating if things are going wrong, but is also you know got lovable and has that sort of addictive personality when things are going well. So have you, you've I got think he's the right the right man. Yeah. You got a view on that, Nathan? Would you rather well, get the Katrine? Yeah. Um, because because no, I'll, because I'll be I will honest. say I will I'll say on the other side on the completely opposite to what I've said is what Carl said during the summer mm. he has praised Katrina at times so should we yeah. be praising her or is he just trying to build a unity well, yeah. around the club because he needs unity around the club Russell tried to do the same last year you need unity around the club for it to work mm. so is it but you know like I say I think Carl's done a great yeah, job no, and I, yeah, yeah. I, I, to be you know I, I'm going to be honest and I'm not going to say they're they're the most amazing people ever because you know that's not what I'm like but it seems from, from so far they've kept their nose out of it in terms of player recruitment and just letting Cole get on with it. So in that aspect, yeah, praise for letting him doing it. But you shouldn't really need to give him praise because that's how it should be anyway. Mm. That's the only thing I can... Obviously, they've done the negotiating or whatever, but there's still the off the other, the other lot where we were Tex and you had all, this, all the other Deadwood. We've had to get away because they were on... I think maybe this that time last year, those players would have just yeah, been loaned yeah. out to to Centurion. So there's still, I mean, the, but but at the same time, there is still the hands being tied behind Carl's back yeah. in, in a way where he is sort of implying, look, it's hard to get yeah. signings over, blah blah blah. But because we've had the the lights of the money on Tex and the money on Tony Watu, for example, we've we've only just got rid of, and, mm. and Nikia Jose is still, uh, you know, one of our players, but he's out on loan. So that all that tied behind your back is a legacy problem that has been caused by by the owners. So yeah, that, yeah so, so that's the only thing I'd give it, if you wouldn't call it praise is just yeah. let just not putting on hose in. Yeah. Um Charlton Exile said he said he meant that tweet as self depreciating rather than slagging Carl. Uh, and I know <laughs> I think I think we got that. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Exile or Mrs. Exile. Um excellent. Right. Uh, uh, so another point now that um that Carl mentioned. Um so during the during the BBC interview talking about strikers, mm. we we've it's talked it's been the talk of the week, isn't it? We want to we want to sign yeah. at least one more striker. Um to finish off the squad and we, we talked about why it's still clear we do need that striker last week after the, after the game at Plymouth where you know uh, Josh wasn't firing and then you want someone else to come off the bench who, who can nick that goal um, now Carl mentioned yesterday in the BBC interview um, that we're trying it's this and that but it's not always easy to get it over the line he mentioned other clubs might not want to sell all this and that and this and that um, so are, are we going to get a striker whose fault is it if we don't get a striker all these sort of things that are still sort of in your mind aren't they yeah, well, I mean, we, 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 like you said, we spoke on Thursday. Wednesday, I would have said yes. Thursday, I would have said no. And then today, because of what Carl said on yeah. Thursday, yeah. and then today, I'm slightly a bit more optimistic. <laughs> but I don't know if that's going to involve in big nose going. I don't know, but I, I still think it will be big nose will stay, mm. and some of the money saved from what would be yeah. on someone. But if he wants two players, that's um, I don't know because. Optimistic, yeah. I don't know what you were saying. Marshall's out for so Marshall's out to October, yeah. Now, because um, in case you missed it on the back page of Friday, South London Press, Richard Corley reporting that um, uh, Lee Novak has given some sort of indication that he wants out. Mm. Um, so I mean, obviously, that would leave us with one striker, um, (laughs) and uh, make make things more difficult for us. So, just in in case you didn't see that that story. Um, and so, and there's something else, finally something else that came out of Carl's interview with Terry yesterday. Well, so I was um, sat in the room yesterday, 
so I was just sat there on playing around on my laptop whilst Carl was in here, uh, which I, I don't normally sit in on, on Terry's interview, but uh, Richard was here yesterday, so I didn't have as much work to do. So I thought I'd come and sit sit on sit in on the interview, see 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 what he, he says. And now, at which point I was sort of uh, it got to a point where I was like, hang on, um, <laughs> what's all this about? When Carl started talking about. He went a bit Donald Trump, right? He started talking about the media, and, and I thought, "Oh God, it's fake news time." But um, he uh, he, men- he mentioned that he mentioned he felt that the media have a responsibility to portray uh, when things are going well with the fan base now, because obviously, I mean, not just the local media, the national media have covered extensively Charlton fans protesting over the last two years uh, here at the Valley. Obviously, it's calmed down now, and I mean, we talk about fans on this. Uh, on this show all the time because it's a fan show um so we'll, i'm i'm sure we've already mentioned that the atmosphere was excellent yesterday especially when we're mm. you know when we're 4-1 up in injury time there's no better place to be than in the valley mm. um what, what did you think about carl's comments saying that he believes the media should be uh should be reporting that chunk fans are happy now or um, along those lines or reporting that sort of thing and i can see what he's trying to do i think he's trying to keep any negative vibe away from this club as much as he can physically do Basically, that's what I think. And any time there's any positive energy coming out of the club, he wants he wants everything to be. He wants to harness it and embrace it and yeah, try and remain. Yeah, he wants it to remain that way, and he doesn't want. That's how I can see it. And I don't know if it was an indication of him trying to tell the media crew, the media boys over there, to say to write what you know what he wants and write. I don't think it was that. I just think he's just trying to. When it's positive, let's talk positive. Because mm. as soon as it does go negative, it, it is always in the press. It's yeah. just the way of the world. But, you know, I and I think that's all he really wanted to do, yeah. is just make sure we're just saying it's good here at the moment. I suppose he doesn't want the shine taken off any positivity. Like If we're, if we're making progress and the media are saying, you know, yeah, fantastic, but Charlton still need this and Charlton mm. still need that. I think he doesn't want anything to take the shine away from mm. progress, if you like, or positivity. Mm. And like Nave said, while, while it's positive, talk positive. And, yeah. Yeah, there always there will always be though, like especially especially if, for example, he's now he's now I mean, everyone knows we need a striker. If we don't get a striker, then that'll be that'll, that'll, that will be reported as a bit of an issue. But mm. yeah, no, so it's in, in, I just thought it was an interesting comment. But like I say, I think Carl um, he's 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 brought a bit of positivity back and and, and the type of football we played um, uh, yesterday. I think I think that's I think that's probably the perfect example of how he expects us to be from now on. Um, obviously, it's not going to be like that every week. We know that it wasn't like that last week, but I think that's uh, clearly what he's hoping for. Right, and an email from Philip Hill. Uh, it says, "Hola, mi amigos, cómo estás? I'm fine, thanks, Phil. Uh, hope you're well Ooh. too." Ooh, German. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I thought we voted Brexit. Come on, <laughs> none of that. Uh, it says, uh, "Brilliant performance yesterday. A thoroughly enjoyable game of football. We were positive and hungry throughout." My eight-year-old. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. 
drifts in and out of games. However, he was fully engrossed in our swashbuckling style of play and all-encompassing atmosphere, which culminated in him going ballistic when Jake Forster Kasky curled in our fourth with a delightfully composed finish. Collectively, we were different class, although Northampton have now lost all four of their games so far. You can only beat what's put in front of you. But Cole was, Cole was um, eager to point out uh, in the interview... Uh, on here uh, yesterday that you know Northampton has lost 1-0 or whatever he even said it when he came into the room yesterday to do the BBC one he's saying you know they've only lost 1-0 so far and all this and that and we're the first team that's really really taken them uh, and put them to the sword he says uh, Philip continues uh, Ben Amos made several crucial saves at key points yesterday during the game and despite his hesitancy on the odd occasion he was really uh, he really rewarded Carl's faith shown in him in addition up front and a bit of luck with injuries I think top six is not beyond the realms of possibility. It says Vamos Rojos, Rojos, Rojo. I don't know if that means um, Roger Johnson, Rojos. Rojos. Yeah, R O J O S, whatever. Um, but, but that's the email from Phil. And it's just that last point now. So, uh, an addition up front and a bit of luck with injuries. And I think top six is not beyond the realms of possibility. I'm, I'm not one of these people who thinks if we sign one striker, we're going to win the league. I still think. Yeah, you know, uh, it's hard. It's a hard league. It's a difficult league. I think if we if we get a striker, maybe two strikers or a couple of extra players, just to build the squad, then I think we will have a chance of um, approaching that that top six by the end of the year. And I, I just think it's so important because I think displays like yesterday, like I say, like, Carl's Carl's done some wheeling and dealing this summer. He's done some good wheeling and dealing, but just don't waste it. Don't don't let it waste away by not quite finishing off that squad. You know, as we have done for the last few years and, and <laughs> catastrophically in, in the championship relegation season and disappointingly last season when we ended up finishing 13th or something. Yeah, I know, yeah, exactly. And to be fair, I mean, no disrespect to the teams we played. I don't think we've played anyone who's going who's gonna to pose us that many problems. You know, I, I, think, well, I think our real test is going to be when we're playing the Blackburns and the Wiggins and the, um, who's the other team, Fleetwood. I think they're the three that I think that'll really see what we're made of once we play those teams. Um but, you know, he has been doing some wheeling and dealing and I just think we do need, and I'm the same as you, Lou, I don't think if we get a strike, I don't think we're going to smash it up. Um, I think we've got the squad to, to be in the top six. But again, as the email said from um, Phil, it depend, we need some luck with injuries because if we get three, four injuries to key players, which we've already got it with Reevesy, so, uh, Reevesy, Marshall, if we get another two or three, we're bare bones again. So that's... That's what I'm worried about, but hopefully, yeah. hopefully we could be free of it's, injury. It's interesting. I think I've um, the the last couple of weeks I've been I've been thinking to myself, remembering now when we're in the championship when we first when we got promoted to the championship after the League One with Chris mm-hmm. Powell. I remember we um, went to Nottingham Forest early on, and they absolutely played us off the park, and they came back to the Valley and done the same. Mm. Uh, but I don't think they even made the playoffs that year, and I, f- I think that's the sort of team we we could be. Like we're, we're a team that's going to be excellent on our day. We're certainly going to have off days, mm. but we've got to make sure we got more than less to make sure we can get to the playoffs. So that's why I don't. I, I just don't feel like we're the team that's going to run away with the league. Mm. I'd love to be proven wrong, but I, mm. I think we're playoff contenders if we can finish this squad. If we can get that extra couple, because go, I mean going forward we look ex- excellent. Mm. The back we've prob- we've probably got cover. I mean, like I so said, there's been question marks over Amos so far, and we're going to get a second goalkeeper hopefully. Um, so we're nearly there, nearly there. So let's just hope, uh, hope, hope it isn't wasted, and also hope I'm not uh, horribly wrong. Uh, right, let's have a, a quick break, and we'll come back and talk more about yesterday's four-one win over Northampton. Oh. 
thousands. Lovely ball into the part of Goodmanson. Can he take his man on? He does. He's trying to be pulled back, but he's in the area. The ball across the Vinicaine! And there's a goal! Joel have the lead again. Super work. Firstly from Henderson to roll it out of Cousins, who did a pinpoint pass into the part of Goodmanson. And instead of Goodmanson going on his own, a slide rule ball across the penalty area picked out Vinicaine, who buried his chance. And Charlton two one up. Charlton live. A heavy defeat at Burnley today. How do you sum that one up? We were good. Charlton live. Hashtag never forget. <laughs> uh, right, uh, plenty of you guys have had your say on uh, what's happened over the last couple of days. Don't forget, by the way, coming up on tonight's show, we're going to hear from the Charlton uh, women's team's manager, Ritesh Misra, after I went and spoke to him after their fantastic 6-1 win over Lewis uh, over at Thamesmead today. Um, I mean, if, if you get a chance to go and watch the watch the Charlton women play, it really is a good experience. And it's uh, free if you're a season to get hold of down at the Valley, or it's four quid, so it's nothing. Uh, and it's a ni- nice clubhouse down there at Thamesmead. Uh, and, and entertaining football. One thing I learned today is that women's football love a shot from 30 yards and half <laughs> of them go in as well. So it's really entertaining uh, to, to go and watch. Now, Lewis Wheeler says, I see us uh, as more than just playoff contenders. I doubt anyone plays football like us. No chance there, is, there are six teams better than us. Interesting. Um, on the hunt for a striker... Uh, Mark Fistleton said, you've got to be the right striker, though. You've got to remember uh, Chris Dixon. Um, uh, Franco says, KR says a couple must be moved on before anyone comes in. I hope Cashy isn't one of them. Uh, he does a job nobody else can do. I mean, Cashy yesterday was... Oh, oh, he's, just all, he's just all over the place. There's so, so many times that he was picking up the ball. Like We, we were under pressure within our own half. And, oh, there was, someone's got stuck in there. Who's that? Oh, it's Cashy again. I mean, <laughs> I mean, with all due respect... He'd done the worst tunnel jump I've ever seen. But other than that... <laughs> all, he doesn't well. even yeah. need to do a good tunnel jump. <laughs> He's just nothing. so cool. Yeah. He's so good. Yeah. Another nice touch, actually, yesterday, because um, his his kid was on the on the pitch. But the, uh, his, his family day at the Valley yesterday, um, kids for a quid, all that sort of stuff. The usual stuff mm. in the car park before the game. Um, but uh, I thought it was a really nice touch when um, uh, the, the, all the players brought their kids on. Um, so Cashy's kid was there there's a few of them and then I saw a big Josh McGuinness bought two kids out I think his son so Josh McGuinness's son which I assume is the older one uh, was the mascot for the Bristol Rovers game on the first day so I, when I saw that he was the Josh McGuinness's son was there I tweeted we're winning 4-1 today uh, and McGuinness is getting a hat-trick so when he was scored 1-0 after 90 seconds like here we go <laughs> better than predicting than you are but, um, yeah. <laughs> but um, obviously, obviously, obviously the 4-1 the 4-1 came in I thought, I thought that was a really nice touch yesterday yeah, oh yeah, no, it was. I, to be fair, I, as soon as the whistle went, I was I had to shoot off. I had some stuff to do, but um, yeah, no, it was nice. Um, it was nice that they all obviously come on. I didn't even know that Cashy uh, had a kid. To be fair, but uh, yeah, no, if if Cashy, just go back to Cashy. If they sell Cashy, oh, oh mate, no, they won't know. Mate, I'll back. be writing a letter. I'll, <laughs> I'll be writing a letter like a British. Yeah, he's so, he so good. Yeah. Uh, Stephen uh, Jones on the on the, the striker search says Bradley Wright Phillips who would have him back now I mean he's scoring hatfuls over in America isn't he and I think um, the, the way the wage system goes in America I think each team gets two or three or something amount of players that you're allowed to give loads of money to and the rest of them get nothing <laughs> and Bradley started over there on like really little money but then because he scored so many goals he got bumped up to the, the guy who gets the big money for, for their team I think is he playing yeah. the same team that Thierry Henry was at yeah, yeah. At the yeah. One point, so, yeah. he's an elite player isn't he? yeah so, so now um, so now I, I, honestly I think I heard that Wright Phillips is now the elite player so I think that's a, an unlikely one but I mean it, it, strikers out there I mean 
is there anyone you've got your eye on? Is or is there? I mean, maybe not names, but a type of player that you're looking at. Are you looking at a, someone who's going to drop down from from the Premier League, a loanee, for example, a kid, mm-hmm. or or do you go to like a Championship team and find someone who's a bit out of form? I mean, Will Griggs a name that's been mentioned by a few people. Yeah. I have no idea if there's any substance to that. But I mean, is that the sort of one like someone who's, who has scored goals at this level before? Yeah, I mean, Will Grigg had a fantastic season in in League One that that year, didn't he? But then again, he didn't do much last year. And it's, it, could it be another Nicky Jose situation? He, it was, they both had that good season, and neither have done much since. So, do we do we take chance it on someone like that again and potentially make the same mistake we did with the Jose? I'm mm. not sure. Um, Grigg was at MK though, didn't win he? Scored he, scored twenty scored, goals for MK. Oh, so yeah, so I mean, obviously Cole knows him and. Obviously, he knows Carl, so. That's but yeah, so that. It may, I don't know, may, maybe, but I mean, it's, again, we've said it on Thursday. It's, you're going to do that. He's not going to be a couple hundred grand, is he? No, he's going to be expensive. So, player, he, I'm sure, surely, surely they're going to want some sort of fee because, in in essence, they are selling him to a rival. So, yeah, are they going to want to do that? You know. Yeah. Probably not. I exactly. Assume. So I mean, this, that's, this that's, to be fair, that's exactly what Carl said in his interview yesterday. The BBC one. He was he sort of waffling on again and talking about um, uh, how when he was in MK, I, f- I can't remember the name of the player. He said, but he said, oh, so I didn't want to sell so and so to a rival. Ended up selling him to Burton in the league above. So he went on. So maybe maybe he was hinting at that. Maybe he was hinting that he mm. wants someone from another League One club, mm. and maybe that's the one. And maybe maybe that's why it hasn't come free. But. I mean, you would because you wouldn't sell to a rival, would you? No, I mean, that'd be silly to do. I mean, obviously, Charlton did that when we sold Parker to Chelsea. We sold to one of our Champions League rivals, but <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's not um, what you want to do. Um, how how important is it? I mean, we we've talked a lot about the last couple of weeks about striker. If if it gets to first of September and we're waking up and there's no striker come through the door, is that our chances of getting the playoffs ruined, mm. or or can we still get there with what we've got? I think so. I think we can get yeah. over what we got, but I think it's like you say, it would be a waste to sort of undo any of the work we've done this summer by not completing that squad. Yeah, um, and it and it again it puts unnecessary pressure on uh, likes of Rico and Carlin. Yeah, because I, I think I'm in the minority. I, I think big noses can still do a job. Yeah, I still think it can do a job. I mean, you don't play, you don't score goals in Championship. Don't remember he used to score score goals in the Championship for Birmingham. Yeah, so he's not a slouch. I know he's not. Everyone says that he's he's fat. He's He's not. Come on. He's just been Look ridiculously at it. Yeah. unlucky. Yeah, he's he? Been, he might have come across as being lazy, but he's had a stop-start career. He didn't help himself on the first game of the season. I was the first one to say that. He, that. But <laughs> give him. He's not had a prolonged amount of time in the side, so I still think he can do something here. But that obviously that remains to be seen if it does happen. Right, I promised you that we were going to uh, have a player in focus every week from now on. Last week we did Ben Amos. This week I've decided to go for Jake Forster-Kaskis. Two goals uh, in injury time yesterday. Added uh, added the uh, you know the cherry atop the uh, the cake and, and deserved cherry uh, uh, that, that he uh, planted into the back of the net twice. Um, I, I now you, I think when when he came in in January. Um, I, I, he had his injury problems as well in the second half of last season, but I, I don't know if he, he, he seemed to flatter to deceive some fans. Um, I, I noticed there was a few on, on Twitter and whatnot uh, in last season. He, he was saying oh, he doesn't seem to do much, mm. um, and now uh, Carl's pointed out that he thinks, um, and, and Jake said it himself, and <laughs> uh, he came in to speak to the press yesterday, and you'll, you'll, you'll read that in tomorrow's uh, newspapers. But he, he, and he was he knew he knew exactly what question was coming. And that was a question about the influence of Jacko uh, as a coach and Lee Bowyer as the assistant manager now because um, we've been told by Carl that it's those two 
goal-scoring midfielders in their day, Jacko's still within his day, of course, uh, who, who've been telling Forster Kasky to get in the box. I mean, you said, I mean, four goals in his last five games. That's two in the last two of last season, uh, two yesterday uh, to, to add to those um, for, for, for this campaign. Now, it's I, I've seen a marked difference. There was a point in the first half yesterday where I think we'd got to the byline and someone had put the ball over and it was cut out. And then, then, then I was just following where the ball would have gone to see if someone would have been there for oh, someone at the back post. And I thought, oh, it's Forster Kasky almost on the goal line. I mean, you see, you see that so much now. Mm. And that's an undeniable improvement to his game over the last, however many games, five, six, seven games, you know, including the end of last season. Yeah. He, technically he's, he's very good and he's good at, he's good at finishing stuff. So him just, just what he was doing last year, Rochdale away was a prime example. He used to sit so deep and try to run the game from a deeper position, which is fine, but then he's wasted in the final third. And obviously Cole said to him with obviously Bose and Jacko that he's getting the box bloody bar and now he's paying the dividends because he can finish and he has got the technique with, well he had them techers yesterday didn't he <laughs> so and and I think that he's it, it, given him that advanced role that he does, he does sit quite deep but then he's like a box to box sort of player and, and that's what it, it, we're reaping the benefits now and obviously four from five and he's on the ball he's just good you know he's a good passer so I think I mean cause he's not because he, he never really hit the heights anywhere, is he? He was at like Brighton, leaving hmm. I mean, that loan a couple of times. Yeah, I mean, he was he was not in favour at all at Rotherham no. last season. That's a Rotherham team that were dreadful yeah. as well. They got relegated from the championship mm. with twenty something points, I think. Yeah. I mean, they were they were an awful team, and he only, he only played six times for them. So yeah. and he's played at every level for England apart from the senior. Mm. He's played at twenty ones, twenty nine, eighty, seventy, sixteen. So yeah. he, he, he's a good player. Yeah. When, when he we're just needs a, when we're talking about the type of players we should be signing now, mm. he's he's always the player I've gone to over the last few months now to say that's a Carl Robinson signing that I like the look of and he's come to us at the perfect time in his his yeah. career now he's a yeah. player who's we know what he's capable of he's played for England under whatever level uh, up, up to under 21s mm. he's fallen out of favour at his hometown uh, his home club in, in Brighton he's um you know, lost it a bit at Rotherham. Didn't didn't play much. Now he's but he's happy to take the drop down. I'm sure there'd be other players who, like in Jake Forster Kasky's shoes who would just sit in the reserves at Brighton or sit in the reserves at Rotherham. Uh, but he's made a conscious decision to take the drop down to League One, to come and work with a manager he knows and obviously likes him. But that's the sort of player you want. A player who's happy to to take that step backwards in order to take a few steps forward. Yeah, exactly. I think um, like you say at Brighton where he fell out of favour. Um, I think people were sort of saying he was never really fulfilling his potential. Um, he ends up taking the drop down to Rotherham, which which didn't work out for him. And like you say, Carl maybe took a bit of a chance with him to bring him in here, make him drop down a level. But um, now he's sort of settling into a team. You can you can see him probably be one of the first names on the team sheet every week if he carries mm. on playing like that. Yeah, right. So I asked you guys for your uh, views on our in-focus player this evening, Jake Forster-Kasky and Frank uh, into the value I uh, saw yesterday. I think he's probably back at Centre Parks now. He came back from Centre Parks to oh, go to the game. He's gone there. Yeah. No, no, yeah, he lives at Centre Parks. Yeah, <laughs> he's a millionaire. <laughs> I imagine it cost a bomb to live at Centre Parks. Uh, Frank, he said he played well in the friendlies and into the season proper. He looks like he's enjoying playing alongside Cashy and playing further upfield. I mean. If you want, if you want, if if you want an easy ride in in, in uh, football, I guess it, the, it it probably helps the fact you're playing again. You're playing next to your your midfield partner is is the world's greatest footballer in, in the form of Adam <laughs> Cash. I mean, he, he does a lot of clearing up and allows him to get forward, doesn't he? Oh, mate, and he had that chance. Yeah, he, I, I he, just knew. And when he, when he went there. through, you could so see it in his face. He's like, I really want to pass this. <laughs> But I don't know what to pass. 
<laughs> so she's like, oh, no, I've got to have a go, haven't I? He prefers shooting from much further out, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. That would have been a real kick in the teeth, though, if he'd scored the second goal. Yeah, if he'd scored a second goal rather than the first goal. Fuming. I would have written another letter to Sky Bet. But then it was 4-1, so it didn't matter anyway. So it was like a right idiot. Yeah. Matt Brown says, Jake Forsakaski, he's been class. I think Boya has had a big influence on him and can see him playing a big part this season. Gary McKenzie says, think it didn't happen for him last season, but this season he's a different player. Great goals and did his fair share of defending. I mean, Carl was really eager to point out yesterday uh, in his interview um, that he said he said that Forster Kasky had made seven, I think, chance saving challenges as well. So, because I'll be honest, that's not something I actually I've actually picked up on Forster Kasky. So mm-hmm. I'm going to obviously keep an eye out for that now because I'm 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 interested in him as a goal scoring midfielder because mm-hmm. the way we set up, we need goals from midfield because we'll have one striker. So. The, the goals have to come from everywhere. So that'll be interesting to watch over the next few games because, I mean, obviously we're we're giving Cashy all the praise for, for clearing up at the back, but Carl's obviously uh, saying that he feels that, that Jake's done that as well. Uh, add your name, says uh, <laughs> Lee Bowyer deserves credit for adding goals to uh, Jake Forsakaski's game. I was sceptical of Bowyer at first due to inexperience, but he's proved me uh, wrong so far. Uh, Reese says, my player of the season so far is very consistent, great passing ability and does the basics very well. Scores a lot for a holding midfielder too. Uh, Jake Forster Kasky on Twitter, Classy Kasky, uh, says he's shown what a great footballer he is again after a torrid time at Rotherham. Jacko's coaching uh, of him playing off to get in the box. Uh, paying off, sorry. Um, is also a consistent performer and staying injury-free will be crucial big player for us this season alongside uh, Kasky. I mean, it's interesting... Um, because, like I said, he did have injury problems. So, if you're looking at our, our, our two central midfielders in Cashy and Forster Cassie, they both had their injury problems. Obviously, Cashy's ones were much worse. But, I mean, I'm, Jake was out a couple of times since he's been here, isn't he? So, well, that's, that is something where you've got to keep an eye on it. Uh, but as, as the longer he stays injury-free, the stronger he'll be and, and, and the better it'll be for Charlton. Yeah, no, exactly. I, mean, I think it's not as well as... That's why we need to keep everyone injury-free. But, obviously, the ones that have who've had history, like Jake... Um, just need to be managed. I know, you know, I'm sure I'm not so not not some doctor, so I have no clue. But I'm You're sure they'll manage it. No, is that confirmation? No, just a All physiotherapist. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but we need to manage him. So if like we're doing with Holmes, you know, if he can't train for a couple of days, don't make him train. Um, because obviously we haven't got a massive squad, and we can see what what he done yesterday, and um, and his partnership with Cashy. So just see, they just they seem to complement each other so well, and they seem so balanced in there. Um, especially you've got left foot and a right foot which people don't really think about but I think it's important you have that balance in feet but um, yeah no he's, he's he's really impressed me he's a, a lot different from last year last year I was really sceptical but um, mm. leaps and bounds Derek Street says uh, as long as Cashy is behind him I would back Jake Foster Kasky to keep on scoring and Anthony uh, Anthony Penton says he's a top player didn't know a lot about him bef- uh, apart from seeing his name come up on Soccer Saturday before uh, when he, he used to score a lot. Now, this is an interesting point from Dan, and it's a very fair point. Um, <laughs> uh, what's up with Cashy? Whenever we score, he slaps and flicks yeah. the goal scorers. Yeah, he done it yesterday, so don't he? Home, yeah, didn't he? He slapped it, him on the head. Yeah, because I, like, I, think, I think it was the, fir- the first game of the season the club put a video out of him <laughs> just slapping people I mean is that is that normal it's called a ca- it's like a cash you've been cash cashed lap. mate you've, you've been, been cashed cash, yeah. cash lap cash lap I mean I mean is team spirit is that a good thing it does this, I mean I, I prefer a, a gentlemanly slap on slap. the bum yeah but <laughs> he needs to do that whack on the bum <laughs> on the bum yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a good point Dan is I mean that's just one of those uh Things it adds to the enigma of Cashy because he done that. Uh, apparently, he's come back and he's learned a lot more English than when he was here yeah. before. But we haven't, we don't 
get to hear much from him. He com- mm. he does communicate through slapping. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so that's what we're going to see. We better not get him in here for an interview. <laughs> yeah. Trump <laughs> <Chum> live exclusive. <laughs> um, right, Peter O'Sullivan says, I just slapped myself right in the face. That really hurt. Yeah. quite hard as well. <laughs> Straight jacket. <laughs> <laughs> Peter O'Sullivan says, Robinson says, to bring anyone in, someone leaves. Important, this doesn't involve one of our big players leaving to pay for it. I mean, there was word the other day, I mean... Um, Carl said he couldn't confirm this was two or three weeks ago he couldn't confirm that Konza for example wouldn't be leaving now we've not played him much mm-hmm. um, but I mean I mean, he's he's got such a big part to play in this squad and if we're giving away I mean the versatility he's got he can play in that defensive midfield role he can play in central defence obviously he can even play up front it turns out yesterday mm-hmm. I mean it, that would, I mean, that would be a huge loss to the squad if we get rid of a, 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 a such a talented player who who is so versatile mm-hmm. yeah absolutely I think it's but then again, I think it's important he stays here for his own for his own development anyway. Um, I mean, we haven't played him much so far, and I was quite confused as to why we haven't. But so he's not going to change that team at the moment. But if he if he can do a job, basically any way you're going to stick him on, then he's going to be a, he's going to be really important this season. So we've got to do all we can to keep hold of him. I think. Excellent, right? So yeah, I mean, I think it could be very vital to like, say all all, the, all this we're saying. Or we're only one or two players away. If we do lose players, then that extends further. Uh, with a lot less time in the window. Right, let's have a quick break here on Charlton Live. When we come back, we're going to hear from Ritesh Misra, who I spoke to after the women's game today. He's a uh, Charlton women's team smashed Lewis by six goals to one on their uh, curtain raiser for the uh, the women's Premier League uh, season. Uh, so let's have a quick break. And we'll come back to talk about the Charlton women's team. Going on a run, Holmes. Holmes still on the ball, heading towards the corner of the penalty area. Gets the ball in the box. Novak with the header! It's a goal! Oh, what a goal! Lee Novak with a superb glancing header from a magnificent Holmes cross. Puts Charlton in the lead. So welcome back to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. We've been discussing yesterday's fantastic uh, 4-1 win here at the Valley over Northampton Town. Uh, goals from uh, big Josh McGuinness, Ricky Holmes, and a brace from Jake Forster Caskey late on to seal that uh, deserved victory. Um, we've heard from uh, Charlton uh, men's team manager, uh, Carl Robinson, exclusively, and now we're also going to hear from uh, the women's team manager. Uh, I went to Thamesmead today, and to, uh, it was the uh, curtain raiser for the CFC women's team against Lewis, and uh, it was a really entertaining game. I got down there as I saw Mark Newbury, who's a regular contributor to the show, uh, and um, a, a few others there from... Uh, uh, you know, around and about, who I know, uh, and uh, like I said, uh, I, w- I watched the game and uh, it actually got off to the worst possible start. Charlton went went a goal down after about five ten minutes. Uh, it was a bit of a screamer actually from from the Lewis player, but um, uh, the second half, uh, sorry, the the second half of the first half, Charlton came back into it, went into the break, three uh, one up. It was a, a goal from Charlotte Lee, then an own goal by the Lewis goalkeeper. After I mean Charlie Gifford. 
uh, set her sights from sort of 30 yards out, hit the crossbar. It's one of those ones that everyone loves where it hits the crossbar, hits the goalkeeper in the back and then just rolls in, which is always <laughs> funny. Um, and then Ellie Dory, who was one of, I think, four players making her debut. We're going to hear from her on Thursday show because I spoke <coughs> to her after the game. But um, she uh, she had set up the first goal for, for Charlotte Lee and then she... Uh, got got the third goal to make us go in three one up at half time. It was a glorious through ball, and she picked it up, cut inside, and and, and beat the goalkeeper. Then start of the second half, and um, Kit Graham, who uh, anyone who follows the Williams team knows that Kit Graham scores a, about a thousand goals every game. I mean, she is unbelievable. But and so I was I was confused not to see her start, but then it turns out she's uh, sort of coming back from injury, which is why she only, she only sort of had half an hour in her, so therefore could only get two goals. Uh, the first one, uh, the, the 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 first one was was just a nice sort of um, finish inside the box. The second one was from 30-odd yards, pinged into the bottom corner. Were there any no. <laughs> oh, no, the first, the first one was a bit of a tap. Uh, so, yes. And, and, then, and then the last goal, which was just coming up to injury time, was from uh, another de- debutant, Charlotte Gurr, who um, a really brave strike. Like, the ball was played through, the keepers come out, and uh, Charlotte sort of stuck her foot in and just tapped it past the goalkeeper before she getting absolutely wiped out by the keeper. Uh, she needed treatment after a goal, but she was uh, fine to continue for the rest of the game. So a really entertaining... Uh, 6-1 uh, win in the end. Now, I've got a couple of bits of audio uh, to play you after after that game. The first one comes from Ritesh, uh, who like so I spoke to after the game. He's uh, I think he took over midway through last season, if I remember mm-hmm. rightly. Um, and it, like I say, he's, he's, made, he's made six signings this summer. I think it was four of whom started uh, today. Uh, and obviously, Ritesh, very happy to start off with uh, with uh, three points today. Ritesh, excellent start to the season. 6-1 win against Lewis today. Must be very happy with that performance. Delighted. Um, to be honest, we didn't really know what to expect when we came into the game. Um, Lewis have, have invested this year, so we, we weren't quite sure how they would set up, who they would be starting. So it was always going to be a tough test. Um, so if I look back at the start of the 90 minutes, to take a 6-1 win as a first game, you know, absolutely delighted, not for not just for me, but for the players and the staff, because it's a sign of all the work we're doing in, in pre-season, it's now paying off. And there's a great character to come back from, from yeah. going a goal down early down uh, yeah. early, early in the game as well. Yeah, I said to the girls when I first started here, um, I think we conceded one, our mentality would have perhaps allowed another team to score two or three. But we've come a long way since then, and you, you saw the character. We didn't stop playing. We started to get back on the football straight away, and you know, and ultimately we outpassed them. Um, we made sure that just because we conceded, we didn't stop playing. You had six new signings in your squad. Uh, yeah. was it four of them side today. Yeah. Um, I was particularly impressed by Ellie Dory, who got a goal and assist early on as well. But yeah. all, all good additions to the squad. Definitely. What Ellie brings us is good mobility. She's you know she's direct in wide areas, um, and she's had a really good pre-season. She's been away this week, but you know she still looks fit, still looks strong. And, and actually, if you look at the, a lot of the girls, especially those who are new, they could have played for another 10, 15 minutes. So quite excited by that. Stalwarts in the team as well. Kit Graham came off the bench. She's, yeah. She seems to score every week, it seems. Yeah, You've yeah. got Kim Dixon, who's been in the heart of midfield for years and years yeah. now. Yeah. Um, a, a good team spirit here as well, for those who have been here for a long time. Yeah, there is. We've got a good balance. You know, We've got a balance of, of new, uh, experienced players who have come in. Uh, young faces who have come in and we've kept most of our core um, so that's given us a really a really big squad a really strong squad I said at the end you know it's you know I feel disappointed that I have to leave players out and not give players as many minutes but everyone's going to be needed this season so if I can make sure I you know continue to manage that well we'll be fine obviously an excellent start to the season today what, what yeah. do you think is realistic ambition for this year I mean I don't want to set us specific targets I'm being totally honest last year we finished fourth in the league um, and you know, at the end of the year, you do kind of finish where you deserve to. So, I want to make sure we're better than that. We've got a squad that can compete, but our focus is take game by game, session by session. A lot of players, a lot of people outside of the club have given us the, the task of winning the league for the last three, four years. 
Uh, it's not happened that way. So I want to make sure that you know our players don't have that pressure. We take it game by game. Um, there's a good crowd down at Tens Me today, inclu- including uh, Alan Watts, who have yeah. his 400th uh, Charlton yeah. women's game. A, a yeah. great support, and you, you must be thanking him for, for that commitment to the team. Well, firstly, I, I want to thank everyone who came because it was a good turnout, and I, um, I hope they enjoyed the football we played. Um, going on to Alan, we, did, we brought Alan into the changing rooms before uh, we spoke today with the girls and, and gave him a little present and presented because you know playing for Charlton Athletic Football Club it's what it's all about our players they don't just play for themselves or their family they pay for, uh, play for people like Alan who supported the girls a lot longer than I've been here a lot longer than the players have been here I want to thank him hopefully he's got another 400 games in him um, but it's great credit to him and uh, finally your, your opponents Lewis they, they yeah. were in the news a few weeks ago the, the yeah. men's team and the women's team now being paid the same as, as a strive for equality how much do you think yeah. the China Athletic has done uh, yeah. to try and ensure equality between the men's and the women's teams yeah I think it's you know fantastic a lot of the messages that Lewis um, are giving in the media um, and we definitely support them because ultimately um, men's women's football is football I think a lot of what's going on at Charlton behind the scenes is bringing that gap closer. Uh, we, you see today that we've got the same kit that the men's team are wearing. We're involved in the kit launch. We use the training facilities. There is an ever-growing um, relationship between the men's and women's now. Of course, a little bit different in terms of Lewis and Charlton because of you know our first team are playing in the in League One. So I don't think it's going to quite get to the, the state of Lewis where men's and women's are playing uh, being paid the same, etc., um, etc. Et but I can just say it's fantastic. Uh, women's football has got momentum. We as a club, Lewis as a club, we've all got a duty to make sure that we carry that momentum, carry the flag, try and get more people down to watch and I suppose in, increase the awareness. The success that the England national women teams had in yeah. the Euros this summer and the World Cup a couple of years ago, yeah. does that, do you think that gets more people through the gates here, that sort of thing? It does, it does. People, I mean, I certainly enjoyed watching the, the Euros in the summer, maybe four or five years ago guys who came to watch us perhaps didn't watch women's football or weren't as involved so we are seeing slowly that we're getting more people involved and that's what it's all about we've got feeder clubs as well so we get a lot of young youngsters coming to watch us who you know idolize our players they need to understand their role models but we need to as a club make sure we just continue that momentum you know increase the awareness and the participation of football so there we go rotation Ms. after your uh, today's 6-1 win for the cfc women um I mean, plenty of stuff. We, we've talked about the game there, and uh, so I, I did genuinely enjoy the game. I think, um, I mean, there's there's players to watch out. Well, I haven't even mentioned Kim Dixon, who I've, I've lost count of how many years she's been at Charlton. Now. She must be over ten years. She's been playing in in the heart of that midfield uh, for the Charlton women's team. She's an Addicts fan. She comes she comes to home games and stuff, and uh, she works for the trust. So she, I mean, she's absolute Charlton mm-hmm. through and through. And if you just watch her pinging the balls around in that midfield, it's <laughs> she's just like honestly, she's got such a good range of passing on her. Uh, and I mentioned Kit. Well, I mean, I think when, when Kit Graham comes on, and I, you watch her, she, she does. She does seem just a little bit better than everyone else at, mm-hmm. at this level. So, uh, so it's really, it's really worth going down to watch Charlton. I mean, they got got to three cup finals last year and won one of them. Uh, all three of those cup finals were against Spurs. Spurs got promoted last year from the same division. Um, the season before, they won all three cup finals. So, I mean, there, there's, there's quality there, and it really is worth going down to watch. And like I say, if, if it's down at Thamesmead, a home game, uh, if you're a season ticket holder here at the Valley, you can get in for free. Otherwise, I'd say four quid, it's nothing. Just mm-hmm. going, it's, it is really worth uh, going to watch. But there, now, I asked, I asked a question at the end there, because the team we're playing today, Lewis, uh, it, was all, it was all in the news. And obviously... Uh, I mean, the the men's team for Lewis are non-league, a fair few steps down down the ladder. So, 
uh, when when they've gone out and said we're going to pay our men's and women's teams the same, obviously it's not, we're not talking about six grand a week. You know, we're not talking about that. We're, we're talking about you know affordable levels of money. But it's part of their Equality FC. And if you look at the sponsors on Lewis um, shirts today, it said Equality FC. And now, um, obviously, I don't expect Charlton to start paying Kim Dixon six grand a week. Although I would, I would agree that she's worth it. But um, in terms of equality, I mean, the, the club this year, they, they've given them the, ki- the new kit and stuff. I mean, I mean, do you think they do enough to promote them? I think that you definitely feel like they're trying to give them a bit more this year. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think the whole the whole sport in general is um, it's starting to it's starting to come out a lot more in the media. So I think in terms of like the tournament this year, the, the uh, Euros, there's a lot more um, coverage on it and there's a lot more talk about on the news and stuff and they're encouraging people to watch it. Um, social media you had or following in the England team so I think it's the wheels are starting to turn now and it's starting to become more out there whereas before it was just a sport that was just on the, in the background you know so um, yeah it seems like it's it's all coming to the fore now um, and yeah if we could get um, get a kit in, the, in our team and let us score a thousand goals a week then we won't have to <laughs> sign a new striker will we? that's true yeah <laughs> Uh, I mean, I mean, did you watch any of the like, the England women over the last few years? Yeah. I mean, they got the Euros. They got to the was it quarters or the semis? semis yeah. yeah, and then they got to the did they get to the quarter, the semi-finals of the world mm. a couple of years ago as well? And then I stayed up to watch it. It was entertaining uh, and things like that. It does mean it gives give you a bit more interest. And like I said, I was, I was down I was down at Thamesmead today. There was probably hundred people there, mm. fair few people in Charlton shirts. People I see around the ground at home games as well. Um, so I mean, it's clear it's worth going to watch, and, and people are obviously starting to attend now, and, and hopefully more people will get to do so. And it's on a Sunday; don't clash clash with the with the men's game if that's what you're worried about. And mm. I, I think it's worth seeing. Yeah, I'm, I've not been down there yet, but I'd, I'd be quite interested in going. Um, yeah. And like No says, it sounds like the women's football as a sport is growing in itself and is being put out there a lot more now someone else who has been quite interested in going is a man I met today called Alan Watts now today he saw his 400th uh, Charlton uh, women's game now if you've ever if you have ever been uh, to a Charlton women's game you'll notice that the, as soon as the goal goes in uh, someone starts ringing a bell that's his uh, that's his you know, thing. He like take, the guy at Portsmouth. Like yeah, he, like take, he takes a <laughs> bell to ring uh, for, for when a goal goes in and like I say because today was his um uh, 400 uh, women's game as a, as a supporter. Uh, I thought it'd be nice just to catch up with him and find out what makes him tick and why uh, he goes to watch the women uh, so often. This is Alan Watts. I'm joined by Alan Watts, who today is celebrating his 400th Charlton women's game and celebrated it with a 6 1 win. You must be happy yes. with, the, with the performance and the result. That's very sweet. It was a very nice result with a good second half performance as well, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, now, anyone who's ever come down to watch the Charlton women will, will recognise the sound of your bell when, when there's a goal goes, goes in. Well, what, what was it that made you start bringing that together? Uh, one of our players was uh, in the fire service, and they would. Some of the supporters at the time were joking about uh, Farman Dan and her bell. <laughs> um, so I sneaked it into a, an away game down at Bristol years and years ago, and it's performed ever since. <laughs> yeah, sure. So, um, so how did you first get into coming to watch the Charlton women's team? Uh, well, Charlton invited supporters to come along and watch the, the first game that they held at the Valley shortly after they took over the team and uh, I went and I was impressed first at, first off and uh, became a, quite a quick convert to the game and really kept going ever since, since uh, Yeah, and what is it that keeps you coming back? I mean, the, the women's team today, they, they seem quite successful on the pitch, don't they? <laughs> yes, they're a very good team and so they've been uh, around the top of their division most of the seasons that they've been playing there was a little spell back in 2007 which you probably know about um, which uh, I had to recover from mm. uh, but ever since then they've actually been a, a, 
always performing near the top of the divisions. And they, like, two seasons ago, they won three cups, you know. So. Yeah. I was just speaking to Ritesh, the manager yes. there. He said to celebrate your 400th game, they invited you into the dressing room before the game. It was, it was a nice touch. Yes, it was a nice shock, you know. So. <laughs> and uh, did they give you a gift or...? Uh, just a little gift, yes, yeah. in my card, and we went with it. But I'm really appreciative of. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and you see, you have a good relationship with all the players. They they're obviously very um, uh, grateful for your support. Yeah, well, I go to the away games to see, see a bit more of them when you're obviously sort of a, one of the only supporters there. You know, so sort of, uh, uh, so it, uh, it it works quite well. And uh, I, they're, and they're a great bunch. And they all this goes back through the years. They've always had a good, good good group of players, and uh, they're they're a joy to watch. You know, so, yeah. And have you got some hopes for this season? What do you think they can achieve this year? It's going to be a tough division again, but uh, I mean they've shown today that they're going to. Because I thought Lewis was going to be one of the stronger teams in the division, but uh, I mean they've dealt with them quite well today. So uh, I hope they keep going all right through the season like that. Yeah, so 400 games up today. Do you think you've got 400 more in you? Uh, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone for it, you know. Oh, what a goal! Oh, what a goal by Armakashi! Oh, that's almost at the halfway line. Unbelievable strike! That is outrageous. Right-footed. Well, he saw Armak off his line. What a goal! Live. So welcome back to Charlton Live. Just had a, uh, extensive coverage of the women's team 6-1 win over Lewis this afternoon after following up yesterday's wonderful 4-1 win for the men's team uh, against Northampton Town here at the Valley. It's almost time to look ahead to Tuesday's Carabao Cup game with uh, Norwich City. Uh, but we've got an email in from Richard Church, uh, subject line striker, so we know it's going to be a good one. Uh, it says, hi chaps, uh, Ari the striker, I guess there are problems behind the scenes maybe, but Matt Green has a good average in the past six seasons with uh, Mansfield, Birmingham, Mansfield again, and then Lincoln City, 83 in about 180 games is not too bad, significantly better than anyone else at the Valley. What do you think? So now obviously, you know, we, we've talked about the possibility of trying to get someone who's underperforming or, you know, not playing youth player that sort of thing from the Premier League or Championship or a fellow League One side I mean it's, you, can, you can look below for a striker who's got a good average I mean he's I, I, I don't know much about Matt Green or indeed anything about Matt Green but you know if you look at a player who's got average like that do you think Carl might look at a player, player with goal scoring record like that it'd be mad not to yeah no yeah he's, you're going to have a look at a player who, who scores goals because that's what we're looking for so um, but I think the, the difficulty is is when you go in lower league you're going to get or even in the same league, you're going to get ridiculous prices. You know, you look, Akinde was quoted at a million. That's crazy. But whereas if you go to someone like you, say, who's not had the greatest of times, let's say, like a championship club, you're probably going to get them for cheaper because, but they want to offload them. If someone's, indispens- if, if someone's an indispensable player, they're, they're going to be quoting a million because look how it's, it's giving them two weeks to get, or a week maybe, to get their replacement in. So... The, the, the longer it goes on, the prices are going to go higher and higher. So if we don't do it this week, then um, or soon, it's, um, we're going to be paying big money, which I can't see us doing. I really can't. We can't. You, you can't leave these things to last minute. No. I think, I think the, la- the last time we, we signed strikers, 
on on the hop. You know, last, it wasn't at the end of the transfer window. It was the, I think it was the day before the season. So when we got the the double the double of Simon Church, who obviously was excellent, and Marvin Sordell, who's obviously a big disappointment. Um, so that, that's what happens when when you do your your business late. Although I I am keen oh, to point so out, fast there. I don't know if you that's no, Simon Church. No, oh, I am, no, you're, I am ke- you're church love, Yeah, I am keen to point out that Simon Church is currently a free agent. <laughs> Uh, his time in Holland came to a premature end, so uh, he's obviously raring to get his teeth back into English football, and where better place than than, than here? Um, agree? Yeah. Okay. No comment. Uh, I'll, I'll play Cash up front. <laughs> play Cash's kid up front before that. I'll get a post on you back. Cost you um, right? The uh, well, it cost him um, the. Uh, Tuesday, the the next time we're in action is the Carabao Cup. Now, uh, Carl's mentioned uh, you mentioned in the interview earlier, and you mentioned it on Thursday as well. That he's going to t- t- start taking it seriously when they start taking the draw seriously and getting it right. Because mm. obviously, the first round we got um, we got drawn twice, and the second round we got drawn at home and then away. Which uh, I don't think anyone was more fuming <laughs> than myself with my annual leave budget always in already in a sorry state. Now I've got to try and I'm, now I'm just going to try and start work at like six in the morning so so I can go to the game anyway. Um, uh, Carl said he's going to make changes, changes, changes. It's going to be Billy Clark and Tariq Fosu, the only two who started yesterday, are going to start on Tuesday. Agree with that stance? Well, yeah, I don't think he's got much choice to be honest. I mean, I, don't, I think if Reeves Reeves was fit, I, don't, I think Reeves, he would probably start, but he's too far behind, so he's going to have to play someone in the number ten. Um, Big nose, obviously. Obviously, it looks like he'll be starting. So hopefully, he plays well and scores. We assume. Well, we assume, assume so he's, so. he's back. He's back from his suspension now, so he needs to get yeah. his fitness up. But there is still Rico and Carlin. Yeah. I'm trying to. Who, who did he start at Exeter? Was it Carlin? He started, or I oh, know it's Tony Watt. He's gone now. Tony Watt, yeah. So yeah, so that that does leave that open. I want, I do wonder if uh, if Lee will probably get his chance. I presume he will, mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't know for certain. But that's that's my guess. And uh, Dylan Phillips in goal. I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how important is is this fixture to you guys? I mean, nah. no, nah, not that okay, fast, really. Yeah. I, I, I no, so I'm quite desperate for us to get knocked out sooner rather than later, yeah. just because it's a, a pickle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I mean, um, for the, for those fans who are travelling, it's only ten quid a ticket. It's all it's all ticket the game, by the <laughs> way. So you, if you want to go and you ain't got your ticket, you need to get that sorted uh, at the valley tomorrow, or at least ring them up and find out if you can get one cent somewhere. Mm. Uh, so to so make sure you can uh, do that. But I mean, are you going to bother making a prediction? <laughs> Um, I mean, they, they they lost heavily to uh, Villa, didn't they? Um, Villa have had a really shaky yeah. start to the season. Well, what was it four two in the end? Yeah, three two. Yeah, um, yeah no, you know, no, I think we can beat them. I think on our that, but we're playing a weak team. I, I'd rather come out of this and the blimmin check yourself before you wreck yourself trophy or whatever it is. Yeah, because we've got that the week after. That. Yeah. If it's the FA Cup, you're there. Yeah, I'll yeah, take that yeah, seriously. I don't like good. all these Mickey Mouse cups. I don't like them. I don't mm. like them at all. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'll, I'll go for a two-one loss. Two-one loss. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go for a one-nil win. Oh bloody hell! Imagine if we can all get drawn to someone like Bolton then. <laughs> yeah, very true. Yeah. Bolton away. Bolton away. <laughs> Bolton away. I'm going to go on strike. Uh, right, uh, Richard Justin says, "How about Jay Emmanuel Thomas from QPR on loan?" I mean, these yeah. there are all these players out there that people look at. Like, you, you guys are not impressed with that? I've never rated him. No. No. Uh, uh, Stephen Jones that says is. you've been cashied isn't going to be the new chant when we mate. score right we've run out of time 
on tonight's channel live. Uh, hour and a half has absolutely flown by, uh, as did the hour and a half yesterday watching the team because it was a really excellent performance here at the Valley uh, in the 4-1 win over Northampton Town. Go, thank you guys for tuning in to tonight's show. I hope you've enjoyed it. Nathan Muller, thank you for joining us. One of your last nights of freedom before you get married. So. Thursday. I've got, I've got one more show. One more show. And, then, and I'm off until the end yeah, of September. So should we treat Thursday some sort of stag show? Oh. Stag show. Yeah, yeah. could do, I suppose. Yeah, all right. Okie dokie. Bring the handcuffs. Uh, Lewis Cat. Oh, um, <laughs> Thanks for coming in this evening. Uh, <laughs> no worries. Yeah, man. and. Uh, in sharing in us the joy of a 4-1 win for the men yesterday and a 6-1 win for the women uh, today. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Let's hope that Charlton can get knocked out or whatever in the Carabao Cup on Tuesday. Um, <laughs> and we'll be back on Thursday with a big match preview to look ahead to next Saturday's away game uh, with Rotherham. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you later. <laughs> Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.